Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, alongside Eric Dalala and the Hall of Famer Steve Atwater is our special guest. We are in a new setting tonight. We are recording live here at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse in Littleton. Very happy to be uh, out here tonight on this Monday as we're breaking down a big Broncos victory. And uh, we got a lot to talk about here, guys. We'll talk about Teddy Bridgewater. We'll talk about jerry judy's injury and we'll also talk about expectations moving forward now uh now that the broncos got a very big win the first september victory under vic fangio steve let's talk let's start with you how, how did you feel how did about the game well i felt like the guys came out right from the start and played well we didn't get a score there in the first quarter thought we were going a little bit slow but uh pass were being completed nice runs were being had uh, but finally in the second quarter, we were able to put together some and, and score some points and, uh, you know, kept it rolling. The defense did a great job. I think it was a good offensive and defensive game plan. And uh, the guys got to feel good about this. Yeah, a big win. I mean, 27-13, I think 27 points against that Giants defense. Not really expecting that. Well, I was expecting it. I kind of predicted that uh, last time on the show here. But, Eric, uh, you got to feel good if you're a Broncos fan today. Yeah, I mean, I think there's kind of this notion that because the Giants weren't Ooh, we a, got weren't, some feedback, some feedback a little bit, but because the Giants weren't a great team last year, that this win, you know, shouldn't mean as much. But you're going on the road, you're playing a team that was second in red zone defense. Uh, they've got Logan Ryan on the back end. They've got Jabril Peppers. They've got a, a front seven with Leonard Williams. They, they got some players. And so for the offense to be able to go out there in their first real game together he had a little bit of preseason action but for teddy bridgewater to play the way that he did for them to convert the third downs the fourth downs uh, it's pretty impressive i think yeah i think you just you gotta be happy about the victory here and we'll talk about how this might change expectations moving forward i should also say that we are coming to broncos country live on youtube so uh, if you can't make it down here to breckenridge brewery's farmhouse in littleton you can watch us right here on youtube leave a comment below because questions from fans will be part of today's show, especially since Steve Atwater is here. Not necessarily, not necessarily. <laughs> we'll see. So uh, leave a question below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're out here at Breckenridge Brewery, uh, our uh, podcast supervisor, well, he's trying out for the role, see how he does here tonight. He'll be coming around and uh, getting some questions. I know uh, one fan out here wanted to know what it was like to hit Christian Okoye. Yeah, well, that happened a long time ago. I don't even know if I remember that. No, I'll never forget that. Uh, it was a great feeling, especially, you know, knowing that we were playing against a team that were, could really run the ball well. And uh, Dennis Smith, he got me pumped up for it. And uh, we both were ready if the opportunity arose. And fortunately, I was the first one who had the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, just went in full speed and boom, boom, there we go. <laughs> and uh it was it was it was a lot of fun that was that was a day uh that i remember well and uh i don't think i'll ever forget it um and i think that really helped uh you know set me on the right path for uh you know getting to the hall of fame eventually steve everywhere we go people want to ask you about that hit and i noticed that you don't mind telling that story no i mean <laughs> to be honest to be honest, I feel bad telling this sometimes because the guy, Christian Okoye, he's such a good guy, and it's been so long, and, you know, 
it was a good thing for me. It wasn't so such a good thing for him. So uh, that's why I try to play it down a little bit. But, yeah, if people want to hear about it, I'll tell it. And you were mic'd up, so that kind of helped out. Yeah, yeah, it helped out a little bit. Okay, well, let's talk about this year's Broncos team, Eric. Let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater. He goes through this quarterback competition all offseason long. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Drew Locke? Teddy wins a job. Some fans not totally convinced. They think that he's just going to check the ball down. Steady Teddy. Well, yesterday, I think he silenced all of those people. Yeah, I mean, completed almost 80% of his passes. He 40% of his passes were beyond 10 yards, 7 of 7 from 10 to 19 yards. I mean, he was just he was efficient, but he also just made some plays that made you go, wow. I mean, there was one a third down. He rolls to his right. He, he has Leonard Williams charging at him. He dodges him, throws it across his body to K.J. Hamler. He said later, Steve, I wouldn't teach my son to throw it like yeah. that, but it worked out, and I think he proved that he can be the guy here this year. He's good enough that if he plays like he did yesterday, this team can beat a lot of people. I think that we saw how explosive this Broncos offense could be with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, if K.J. Hamler catches that bomb, if Albert O. doesn't fumble there along the sideline, we're talking about a lot of points put up against a really good Giants defense. Uh, Bridgewater's numbers... 28 of 36, 264 yards, two touchdowns. Steve, no interceptions. What did you think about his performance? Well, I thought his performance was stellar. Um, and I said a while back that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater probably has in his mind that this is a restart for him from when he had the injury in Minnesota because he was on a good trajectory before he was injured. And, uh, you know, him being fully recovered from the knee surgery not having any quarterback controversies and going to a team where there's a, he has a legitimate shot of winning the job and, and, and playing and competing for the job. I think he was just re-energized to you know, come out and uh, you know, really try to be the quarterback for this team for the next several years. And uh, Now, it's early. You know, it's just one game where everybody's super excited about it. But uh, if he can continue to play the way that he's been playing and continue to lead the team the way that he's been doing, Man, he's he's got a you got a spot there, I think. What about just the style of play? I can't, you kind of mentioned it there, where when the play's breaking down, especially that fourth down play, the touchdown to Alberto, not supposed to be a throw to Alberto. There, it's supposed to be a run play, but the play breaks down, and he's still able to not panic and make something out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is there's there's no panic. You panicked a little there, Steve, with the pay, feedback. Yeah, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, no panic. I, I mean, I think looking back at the competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I think yesterday you saw why Teddy's the guy. Because when it's fourth down and the pocket's closing in, he's not panicking. He's stepping up and he's throwing it to Cortland Sutton for a first down. When he's down there and, and someone breaks free and they're running at him, he doesn't panic. He, you know, He's juking him a little bit and then he gets it to Albert O. He just shows kind of this steadiness that I think – makes this offense so much better and you know I, I don't know that the Broncos would have and I don't know if you agree with me or not I don't know if the Broncos would have lost yesterday's game without Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback if it hadn't been Drew Locke but I think that's a much closer game if Drew Locke is in there at quarterback because I think after the fumble with Albert O he rallied those guys Vic Fangio had the faith to go for it on fourth down I'm not sure with the other guy in there if you convert that fourth down and so uh, I saw some things from Teddy that really impressed me and I think Above all else, it's that he is calm. He does not panic. No moment is too big for him. And, uh, Phil, like you mentioned, I, I think it's worth repeating, this defense is no slouch. This is a good unit, and so the fact that they were able to move the ball down the field like that, five straight possessions, get into the red zone, 
it impressed me. Now, yeah. when, now oh, excuse me, Phil. Uh, when Tim Patrick gave his interview, he said that that's one of the things that he loves about Teddy is he's been the same in practice as he is in the games, as he is in the locker room. He's the same person wherever you see him. And I think that's kind of a calming thing in itself, knowing that you know what, you, you know what you're going to get from your quarterback, you know, the, probably the most important position on the football field. Most definitely. I mean, he's been the same guy. If And we've seen him out in practice. You know, if he threw an interception, you know, it didn't wreck the whole practice. You know, he's able to bounce back. And uh, we've definitely seen that through throughout the preseason and then now in this first game for the Broncos. Uh, I hope that now we can move on past quarterback talk and just say, all right, we're all behind Teddy here as, as Broncos country. Well, you know, I thought – I thought it was going to be your diff- microphone, Eric. I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on. I uh, I thought it was going to be difficult for Teddy in Week One to do enough to win the fans over because I think there were there was just kind of this this huge gulf, if you will, between people that uh, wanted Drew Locke to be the guy and between people that wanted Teddy Bridgewater to be the guy. And Phil, we talked last week. We said I'm not sure if there's anything Teddy can do this week to completely get rid of that you know they might have to start three and zero. you might have to go into a game against the ravens with a chance to get to four and zero before people finally buy in but i think the way they played in week one and the way teddy played in particular uh he had the highest quarterback rating in the nfl this weekend i think third on pro football focus in terms of quarterback play and i think i saw a lot you know certainly on social media and, and who knows how accurate of a uh, kind of litmus test that is but a lot of people i think are buying into what teddy can do for this team and I also thought that Pat Shermer did an excellent job calling plays because there was the intermediate stuff, there was the run plays, there was the deep shots. It really kept that Giants defense off balance. But more importantly than all of that, the long drives, I thought, Steve. You know, to start the second half, they come out and have an eight-minute drive, 75 uh, yards, 16 plays, I think that it was. Uh, that's a long time for Daniel Jones to be in the locker room and then eight minutes of gameplay. By the time he got back out there, you know, you feel like, man, the game's almost over here and you're going up against a really tough Broncos defense. Yeah, and Coach Fangio loved that, uh, being a defensive coach. The defensive players love that. Uh, offense has been able to extend the drive, having a good running game going where they've been effective. They're converting first downs. They're not having penalties. Uh, not throwing interceptions. They're just holding the ball, driving it consistently down the, down the field, and then getting points out of it. Uh, that's huge. That's, that's something that we've had a problem with here the last couple of years is having those extended drives and then being able to finish it with points. And uh, that's something. If we can keep that up, we're going to win a lot of ball games. It was kind of weird in the fourth quarter when the Broncos were up by so much. That's been an unfamiliar position for Broncos country to be in, uh, just where the game's not one possession at the end of the game. It felt nice to be able to relax a little bit, felt with, comfortable with that lead a little bit. So let's move on to our second topic here for tonight, and that is have the expectations for the Broncos changed now after this big 27-13 victory, Steve? Do you feel hey, this team maybe is better than you thought it was? Well, I, I'm, I'm, they're still proving. I'm, I'm thinking that they're even better than they played yesterday. Uh, we have an extremely talented roster. I think we have the coaches who can get the job done. We just got to go out on the field and do it. I, I think last year definitely uh, was marred by injuries, and that affected uh, the guys win-loss record because we didn't have our big dogs in there. Without Von Miller in there, 
uh, without Bradley Chubb, without well, Chubb was there, but he wasn't. He's probably 85-90% without Cortland Sutton, uh, without Mike Purcell. Uh, That makes it difficult to win ball games. Uh, But having those guys back, I think the sky's the limit. Uh, And what they have to do is just keep stacking them up. And I like their mentality. They're saying we're not looking past the next opponent. We're looking forward to playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And after we get done with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, and one at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time. That's not how us fans think, though, Steve. Oh, no, no, no. We're talking about the whole season now all of a sudden after one game. Yeah, well, um, i tell you what. I, I think a lot of people's expectations, uh, they're always high, especially here in Denver. <laughs> There's no time you're going to ter- be able to turn on the television set and you have a lot of people th- – feeling like the Broncos aren't going to win. So I think that the expectations are always high uh, because that's kind of been what the history has been here. Not so much the last couple of years with the results, but the expectation is there to win uh, each and every ball game. And I think we can if we go out and play hard. You just never know which game you're going to lose. And hopefully at the end, we win many more than we lose. But uh, just, you just never know. Eric, you feeling different about this team now? I am a little bit just because I think – they needed to prove something with a big win in New York to kind of show me that this team was a little bit different because there have been road wins here over the last few years. I mean, they haven't always, we haven't been able to stack them. They haven't always led to anything. But we, we've beaten teams like the Giants on the road before. I think it's the fact that you go in there, a season opener when that building was electric, the way you won, you know, you, you stopped the run, you forced a turnover, you pounded away at them. Every quarter, the yards per carry went up. You could see them getting kind of worn down and so I think the way you beat them it, it, in my mind it was a three possession win I mean you get that late touchdown when the Broncos are kind of just in prevent defense but for all intents and purposes it's a it's a 20 point win and so yeah the way they won changes things for me and another reason why I think it could be different is Teddy as a veteran I think maybe helps you avoid some of those potential pitfalls is I don't think this team is going to have the same kind of variation or go up and down each week in the past we've seen that you know they've been good enough to go on the road and and beat a Houston team that's going to the playoffs or you know play the the Chiefs close and then you come home and you don't have a competitive game and that's not again like you said Steve you're going to lose games in the National Football League but I think the fact that you've got Teddy the fact that you've got a bunch of veterans on the defense I'm hoping that that kind of gets rid of some of the week-to-week variation and you don't have maybe as many trap games as you could. One thing that's plagued this team in the past is when one mistake happens, the mindset of, here we go again. You know, and you can feel it on the sideline if you're down on the field. You can kind of feel the body language change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it possible just having a leader like Teddy things change mentally where you say, I, we're confident we're going to win this game even if maybe things don't go well right off the bat. Oh, absolutely. And you would think on a professional football team that most players would have that mindset, but you do have to have someone whose voice most people on the team will listen to talking and a, par- a person that's playing well, a uh, person who's kind of been there and done that, who the guys kind of look up to. And I think – Right now, Teddy Bridgewater is that person. He and Von Miller on the defense are the guys who have that voice to be able to, you know, come back from uh, despair when you have bad situations. You have you lose a football game or you have a couple of bad plays, and you get back in the huddle and look guys in the eye and say, "Look, 
we're better than this. Let's go. Let's dig in. Let's do what we did in practice, and then get back on track and get those guys back on track. And I think I think that's going to be big for us throughout the year. And we saw some of that where Albert O had the fumble, but he goes right back to him for the touchdown. Yeah. Builds him back up, you know. KJ Hamler has a big drop, but he goes back to him. You know, he he builds these guys up so that they're not just lost for the rest of the game, and that's a lot of leadership there. Uh, well, and I, I think some of the young guys have bought in. They, well, but they've bought in, but they're they're hyped about this win, and I think having the veterans say one win isn't anything. You know, you saw Melvin Gordon today. He said, if you need to get focused for Jacksonville, or you need to get ready for practice. Go look at the record last year, and that should motivate you. And so I do think for some of these young guys who haven't been a part of a winning team, I think it was uh, Noah Fant yesterday was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it's, it is great. <laughs> it's nice to win a season opener, but if you don't win the one next week, it doesn't really matter. You've got to stack them, and I think having some of those vets on the team probably helps with that. Vic Fangio said they all count the same. So you got you win one, you got to win the next one. Got to stack these on top of each other. Steve, what do you think about this Broncos defense? I mean, uh, they held the Giants to just eight rushing yards in the first half. Uh, oh, held them to really seven points other than that very last touchdown as time expired. So as advertised. Yeah, and I'm expecting them to continue to play well as long as everybody stays healthy. Unfortunately, we didn't have Chubb on the field with us uh, yesterday. Hopefully, he'll be back this week. Uh, but I thought that uh, Malik Reed came in and did a did a great job. Now, Von Miller was the only one who was able to get a couple of sacks. But, uh, you know, I, th- I thought they played well all across the board. I, I know that uh, Kyle Fuller had a couple of passes caught on him. But guess what? That's going to happen when you're playing the, more, the most difficult position in my mind on defense which is the cornerback position uh you're going to give up some plays because you're going up against some of the best athletes on the offensive side of the ball steve i like the way you hold the mic with that 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 right there like this yeah that looks nice you like that better okay i got you, <laughs> you like that Aaron? <laughs> It's nice. Anything look, looks good with a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> uh, Steve mentioned that that's the hardest position on the field, that cornerback position. So much hype about Pat Sertan the second going into this game, especially after the pick six in the preseason. He only, he only was out there for, what, two series? Yeah, 16 snaps. I mean, he got that, that one series as the left cornerback in place of Kyle Fuller, then played some in dime packages, but you can only get him out there so much for that, and that's kind of that'll be interesting to see the next few weeks is how do you handle that because it's clear they think Pat Sertan is a good player I think the touchdown was a little bit unlucky I mean uh, he obviously caught the pass and had a first down but the fact that you weren't able to shove him out of bounds makes that look a lot worse than if it's just a a 15-yard pass reception from Sterling Shepard so he'll be fine but I I do think how do you get him on the field because you've either got to put Kyle Fuller on the bench if you want to play Pat Sertan and nickel or base or you've just got to be fine with kind of rotating them and I don't Steve you would know better than me if you're rotating those two guys does it does it hurt the rhythm of the defense or kind of how do you decide you know could Kyle Fuller be better in certain situations if they've got him backed up or if they're in the red zone I mean would you go as far as rotating them there or kind of what, what What's the trick here? It, well, for me, I'm not a big fan of rotating defensive players because I feel like guys got to get into a rhythm. Now, if they get to a point to where they feel like they want Pastor Tan the second on the field, hey, make him a starter. Uh, now, whose position he'll he'll replace? You know, that, that's that's that, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know how that works. But you know, here's a guy who is a high first round draft pick who 
has the pedigree. His dad has been with him, teaching him. His dad was a pro bowler. He's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, he's going to be on the field eventually, uh, whether it's next week or the week after. He's going to be on the field more and more each week. And, uh, you know, the, the, the more great players you have on the field, Coach Fangio knows the better your odds of winning football games. And you can kind of disguise things a little bit more when, hey, maybe it's Sertan who's blitzing. Maybe he's lining up at a linebacker position or something like that. That makes the, the quarterbacks think for a, a second here. Well, yeah, and, and he's definitely on the field in the dime situations. But we're talking first and second down where they may have base offense in with two running backs, uh, tight end, and two receivers. Uh, who's going to be the – you only have two corners in in that situation. Will he be one of those guys? And I think by the end of the year, he will be – I don't know who, who he'll replace, but he's going to be on the field more and more each, each week, I think. And you got to get better on first and second down for him to be able to play those dime snaps on third down. Because if it's third and two, they can just stay in one of those bigger packages and – you might not be able to put Pat Sertan there as a linebacker. You might need a guy like Alexander Johnson or Josie Jewell in there to make a tackle if they decide to try to run for the first down. This is pretty much what we were thinking about when they drafted Pat Sertan in the yep. first round. We were like, uh, how's he going to get on the field? And I think we saw that here week one. How about the rest of the defense, though? I mean, they got the turnover. Von Miller looked like Von Miller, two sacks in the game, only seven points really allowed. It feels like that, un that side of the ball is uh, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they gave up the big play on the offside uh, down the field. And other than that, I mean, there were a couple Daniel Jones runs, and if you remember, that hurt him last year in New York with yeah. Sam Darnold. And so for whatever reason, that mobile QB, QB right up the middle is something they got to figure out. But I think in general, the fact that Vaughn was as quick as he was off the line, I mean, we've heard that he's the same type of guy, but until you see it in a game like that, I don't know that I really believed he was going to be back to that same type of player and he looks every bit the kind of guy he was a few years ago before this injury so that's the biggest takeaway is that if you have Von Miller who's anywhere close to the guy he's been that is a major benefit secondary looks as advertised Josie Jewell I know he's kind of he's taken his fair share of criticism here over the years but he's gotten better and better since he's been here he had a really nice game uh, and then the defensive line that's a concern for me just in terms of the depth there they did a nice job, too, stopping the run, like you mentioned, Phil. That was the Giants really devoted their energy to that early, and they just couldn't get anything going for, against the Broncos. You know, one thing I liked about the defense is guys flying to the ball. You saw uh, Mike Purcell, you know, chasing guys down, making tackles downfield. Uh, the same with the linebackers, you know, the, where Alexander Johnson caused the fumble. He's running downfield, you know, not – play goes by you just sitting there watching going making it difficult for the guys to hold on to the ball those offensive players to hold on to the ball and you know that's the key to you know causing turnovers you want to get two turnovers a game have everybody hustling to the ball you got a chance you like what you saw from Von Miller I mean you know what it's like as you get older later in Whoa. your career I'm saying that he oh, went yeah, through that. He went through it. Not that he's old now, but <laughs> at one time as a player, you were old, right, Steve? I mean, what's it, what's your mentality going into a season when you're in that point in your career? Yeah, well, you certainly aren't the same player you were when you came in your first and second year, um, and you got to be a smarter player. You know, you you still don't want to take any plays off. You can't do that. You can't when you're on the field. You got to be 110 percent. Uh, and, you know, you, you see that in Von Miller. And uh, it doesn't look like he's lost any quickness. 
he was going around um, my man from Colorado. Uh, Nate, Nate Solder. Oh. oh, man. I was like, Nate, come on, man. <laughs> Nate's a good good fo- football yeah. player. But Vaughn is a great football player. And, uh, yeah, he, he made him look bad a couple of times. Uh, so that that's – kind of what we were expecting we were hoping that we would get to see Bradley Chubb there along with him but uh we may get a chance to see that next week who knows uh but yeah Von Miller is still a force to be reckoned with uh teams still fear him and they game plan around him being great like he was and you know coming out with two sacks first game of the season he's off to a great start well and here's the thing about Vaughn he's better obviously when the team has the lead but I also think we've seen from him when the team is winning, he's got this renewed energy that I think makes him so much better than when you're in the midst of a losing streak. And it's you've seen that wear on him in the past, and he seems re-energized by this. You saw that clip of him talking to Teddy and saying, "Hey, this feels like when 18 was here. You know, we needed that type of leadership that gets everybody going." We've heard Vaughn say that a, a few quarterbacks are like Peyton Manning, so we'll see where that goes. But I do think when Vaughn with this type of attitude. Can be a much better football player than he is when you when you're just kind of stuck. I think every player is better when you're in a winning environment versus the, the environment where things aren't going well. You got a lot of injuries. Uh, you're losing. It's more difficult to stay upbeat. But you know the great players find a way to do that. Find a way to motivate the players around them and you know help your team be as good as they can be, even though they, you may not be a championship team this year. Well, and you've got to believe that it feels like there's some of that magic back in the air here. You have to believe that, especially undefeated in the preseason, 1-0 and here to start. You've got to be feeling good, and as a player, you've got to buy into it. I'm over the preseason, Phil. Yeah. Pre-season. Undefeated preseason. I'm going to stay hooked on that. Yeah, you're going to be like the I'm Broncos were 20-0 and entering it the It sets the tone. It sets the tone, Eric. That's what's important. The preseason's done. Okay. It's done, but I think I think it, did set it the helped Three us go into the season with the momentum, and hey, let's keep it going. Yeah. I should mention that we are broadcasting live here at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse in Littleton. Come on down. We'll be here for the next uh, half an hour or so. If you don't live in the area, we're also coming to you uh, live on YouTube here. So if you have a question, go ahead, leave a comment down below, and we'll answer it here. Our podcast supervisor, Ben Swanson, is somewhere. I'm not sure where he is. Uh, Roya is Burton where, where, is monitoring. I, 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 uh, there they are. He was and, uh, big, yeah, ben Swanson sure was doing, doing yeah. a keg stand somewhere yeah, around exactly. Breckenridge yeah. Brewery. <laughs> so, yeah, and if you're here, uh, he'll come around uh, the tables here, and I think in just a second. I'm not sure what he's doing. <laughs> he's lost. I think he's lost. Uh, let's move on and talk about something that uh, don't really want to talk about, but Jerry Judy goes down. Uh, how big of a loss do you think that is, uh, Steve? Uh, not exactly sure how long he'll be out, but some reports out there, maybe four to six weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty big loss. Uh, you know, everyone was looking forward to Jerry Judy kind of having a redemption year, and I still I don't think it's too late for that. Uh, you know, he'll be out maybe they're, they're estimating five, six weeks or so. He still has a chance to have a great year, but – uh, I know he feels bad about it. I feel bad for him. Most of us, you know, we, we, we feel bad for him because, uh, you know, I think he was on the right track. Uh, he and Teddy Bridgewater are on the same page, and uh, I think he was up for, for a big year this year. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see, and we'll, we'll keep uh, sending up our, our, our best wishes to him and that he heals up quickly and that he'll be back out here with the team as soon as possible. Even though he left the game early, Eric, he was the Broncos' leading receiver yesterday. Six catches on seven targets, 72 yards. He looked like the guy we had seen during training camp. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't cover him all game. He's going to get open. Oh, I yeah. think 
even the play he got hurt on, as I'm watching it from the press box, I'm like, where's that ball going? Because it's kind of floating to an area where no one, no one's there, and then whoosh, Jerry Judy floats in, makes the catch. Uh, unfortunate that he gets injured, but I think in the context of what it looked like, probably good news that it's yeah. only four to six weeks. And this part of the schedule, I think, is survivable without Jerry Judy. I mean, you've got a couple more games here you should win. I, I think even even if Jerry were to be out till the bye week, which is you know another nine, ten games, if you could have him for that really tough second stretch with all those division opponents, that would be fine in my mind. So I want him to to get this thing right because especially the way he plays, the way he cuts. You need that ankle to be 100% for him to be the same type of guy. But, yeah, Phil, I mean, like you mentioned, he just – he looks as advertised, looked like he was going to take a step, was on pace for a 100-yard game, which – I predicted you predicted that. But That's true. Ah, that was on, a prediction. You predicted it. I got uh, that tape. The, we could roll the tape. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. I got a little bit shortchanged by the injury. But, yeah, I think in addition to kind of the – we know about the route running, but there were no issues in terms of – Ball security. He made a big play on All third down where he, where he came across the field. I mean that he. I feel bad because it, he was about to take that step yeah. to being, I think maybe a top ten receiver in the league. And so if he not no, strong I, enough for no, you, it's true. not yeah, strong yeah, enough, top five maybe. Yeah, yeah. No. Keep going. Well, the thing keep that, going. The thing that I encourage Jerry Judy to do is to keep that mental strength because that's what's going to take him through. Don't don't start feeling sorry for yourself. Don't start getting upset and, hey, just deal with it the way that you approach the offseason. Approach, approach this injury the way you approach the offseason. Hard work, it'll be over with before you know it, and he'll be back on the field. Uh, it'll be a minor blip in his career. Just, you know, don't make it more than it is. And I think that we've seen that on his social media. He said, I'll be back soon. That's right. You know, uh, he was making jokes about fans donating their ankles to him, he can have, which I know you b- did. He can have both of my ankles. Yeah. Together, uh, they're probably not as good as his one. No, I don't no, think so. Yeah. No. no. He, he, he has some strong ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the way they bent like that for them not to be more damaged yeah. than just a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I thought it. I was <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> it was ugly. But I'm yeah. so happy that uh, it's just, just four to six weeks there. And especially with the injuries the Broncos had last year, you're thinking, here we go again. I mean, it's week one, one of the best players. Are you players thinking I, that? I started thinking Come that. Come on, Phil. Now I you know, told the player they're not supposed they're to think like that. To, Come I on can now. Think that. I think way different than the players do. I'm already thinking about <laughs> Baltimore coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm starting to think about the division. You got I'm one game at play- a time I'm for you. Playoff plans. Yes. Phil's got his <laughs> ticket booked to LA <laughs> yeah. in the middle of February. Yeah, there we that go. Was, uh, what do you think though about the position? The losing Jerry Judy it, it hurts, but at least it's at a wide receiver position where the Broncos are really deep. Yeah, I mean I, they're going to be fine because especially the way that Teddy Bridgewater played in Week One. It might be different week to week, but he threw six passes to Noah Fan. He threw three to Albert O. He threw a couple to Eric Salbert. So he's going to rely on those tight ends a lot. I think he can get the running backs more involved in the passing game. And then, like you said, Phil, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, and Cortland Sutton, of course, those are three really good receivers there. And this might be good for Cortland Sutton in terms of being a little bit more involved because he, I think a couple of targets, only one catch, and that's going to happen from week to week, that this is going to kind of modulate a little bit in one week. Tim Patrick might have five catches one week. Cortland Sutton might have five. But I do think that the fact that you know Cortland can be a number one guy and the fact that you still have him here while Judy's out, that's a big benefit. And kind of the value of them going Sutton and then Judy in terms of building that receiving core back up. Now, now do you guys think that uh, Jerry Judy was 
headed down the direction of being like Teddy's go-to guy? Yes. I think he was already there, Steve. I mean, I think that uh, the way that he plays with the route running and he's a little more precise maybe than some of the other wide receivers, you know that he's going to be in a spot where you can get him the ball. That, uh, that's a quarterback's best friend, I think. Yeah. yeah. What about Tim Patrick? We heard uh, Coach Fangio say earlier today, hey, he's a he's. – I'm not surprised by anything he's doing. He's a legitimate starter in this league. Yeah, I agree with that. And, Tim, he's always been solid, and he's earned it the long, hard way. Uh, you can tell even when he gives his interviews, he always has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I, I love that about Tim uh, because he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And whether it's blocking, whether it's you know running routes, whether it's – uh, you know, catching touchdown pass. He's going to do whatever the team needs him to do. Uh, I like his talent ability. Uh, I like his speed. I love his passion. And I think that, um, you know, we are going to miss Jerry Judy, but because we have such a deep wide receiver room with receivers like Tim Patrick and, you know, Cortland Sutton and uh, K.J. Hamler, I think we're, we're going to be okay. Phil, are you you're regretting the Trinity Benson trade? Oh no, I'm not. I think that that was okay. I thought yeah, about that, that as soon as he okay. got, as soon as Jerry got hurt, I'm like, oh man, no, we I, just I, that I, was the right move. We're already talking about Corlin Sutton not having enough targets. I mean, if you throw another player like Trinity Benson in the mix, there's only one football, Steve. So you didn't think about Trinity Benson at all? I didn't. Okay. I honestly, I did not. All right, all right. How Steve, many? Steve was lying on the couch last night. He's looking up at the ceiling. Steve, you Trinity. probably got like little Hall of Fame stickers on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, no, I got the stars on my ceiling. On the stars, yeah. yeah, yeah and you were thinking, thinking about <laughs> we need Trinity Benson. No, no, no. It wasn't like that, but this it, is it not did a, go through my mind. I thought, yeah. oh, man, we got rid of Trinity Benson. I retraded Trinity. Well, we know that Jerry Judy is not going to be available this week as the Broncos head to Jacksonville. They're going to be on the road for the second week in a row. Steve, Jacksonville, early September. That's not going to be an easy game. Uh, not going to be an easy game, but uh, looking at the, the film from their, their game just this past weekend, our defense, they should <laughs> should be okay. Uh, we, uh, Steve, I said that's not going to be an easy game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, well, I hope it's a competitive game so we can get better. I don't want it to be a, a – well, I do. I would like, it, like I said, have a blowout. A that's nice, good. easy one, yeah. That would uh, be nice. But – you know, I still want us to be challenged, and you know, and I'm sure we will be. There, there's no team in, in the NFL that's gonna come out there and not challenge you. But um, hopefully, we can pad the stats a little bit this game too. Well, you know, I mean, think, I think it says something about this roster that we can even look at this game and be like, oh, this this should be an easy victory. You know, you should be able to go down there and Vic Fangio's got a good record against rookie quarterbacks. His defense is really good. Teddy Bridgewater looks better than advertised. So. It says something about where this team is that you can just look at the Jags and say, hey, yeah, we should beat them. We should beat them by double digits. Because in the last few years, there haven't been many games that you've been able to look at on the calendar and say, oh, the Broncos should win that one, let alone say they should blow them out. I mean, I think last year there might have been one game the entire year that the Broncos were favored. And obviously they were road favorites in New York, won that game. I would imagine that they're road favorites in Jacksonville. And so that, to me, that speaks about the depth of this roster, the talent on this roster. But you do have to go, you still got to go do it. Still got to give them credit. You got to go do it. Uh, You you have a a young Jacksonville team, a team with a young quarterback who is the number one pick in the draft. And you know that the guy has potential to play well, and you just never know when he's going to get over that hump. Will it be week two, week three, week four, week five, week eight? We don't know that. Hopefully it won't be against the Denver Broncos next week. Hopefully we'll be able to continue our role when we go into Jacksonville. Yeah, well, I, v- I vote after week two. Yeah, same here. If that's same. okay. Yeah, Got it. 
Uh, I I just know that you know teams that uh, go zero and two they don't really make the playoffs ever. There's a statistic out there. So this Jacksonville team is hungry. You know the Broncos know what it's like to be in that position. You're traveling across the country, the number one pick. It's gonna be hot. You know, I was talking to Ryan Harris yesterday. He said, hey, the pads start to get a little heavier yeah. when you're sweating that much. Hydration might be an issue. They're I mean, used that's to it. Not a, and they're used to it. They've been practicing yeah. in it day in, day out, all through training camp. So they, You don't they, buy it, Eric. Good, good teams win this game. And good teams, this game should not be close. And that's the benefit of having a guy like Teddy who's a veteran. I think he won't let this team overlook them. And, and if they just show up to play and have the right mindset and have the, the right week of practice – this should not be an issue. I know that Trevor Lawrence is a great player. I know they've got some talented pieces on defense, but this should not. This should be a game when you when you look at it on paper and all the talent you have. It should not. This now, is a game you have to win. You, now, now, Eric, if you're talking to Broncos country, I agree yeah. with you 100. percent But if any of the Broncos players are listening, a lot of them watch every single episode of this. Not, it's, it's required. Do I think. not listen yeah. to what Eric Delilah is saying. I want you guys to look at these guys like they're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like they're the best team in the league. They just won the Super Bowl, and you guys got to do everything you can to get prepared to, to, to beat these guys because that's what it's going to take every week, regardless of the opponent. And sometimes the guy, the teams who seem like they're the worst, they can come out and play the best. So we got to prepare for them being at their best. Uh, that, that would be my words to the players. Now, hey, back to reality, we should get them. <laughs> Uh, we've got just a couple more topics here to talk about. I think we're waiting on some questions. Uh, let me reset the show here. We are at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse in Littleton. We're also coming to you live on YouTube. I know our numbers probably just dropped off because Monday Night Football getting underway here. The Ravens taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Oof. I know. The Who are you guys pulling for? The AFC West, if the Raiders win tonight, will have gone 4-0 and Week one, it's a it's a little sacrilegious, but I think in the long run, a Raiders win helps the Broncos more down the road. No, I yeah. no, I'm okay. never you can for never the root for the Raiders. Come on, he's the, 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 the playoff race. Come on, Delala don't know the playoff race. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know, uh, but I, I want to say, week one, you tend to have some overreactions. Ooh. You tend to just get a little bit too much into it. What do you think is the biggest overreaction here? Maybe with this Broncos team, you overreact every. I overreact. That's not a week yeah. one I'm the emotional presence on this show. Yeah, the the biggest overreaction. That's a good question. Yeah, what do you think? Like, uh, it, it looked good week one, but, like, let's just pump the brakes a touch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's prob- it probably has to be Teddy just because – and that's that's nothing against Teddy, but – Hard he, to play that good every single week. Yeah, he played so well, and just, you know, looking at his career and its totality, it hasn't been that consistent. And so, you know, if he can go out and do it again this week, you'll feel a lot more comfortable, I think, about the long-term sustainability of him playing like that. But – I will say, Phil, we talked about this today. One thing that encourages me is that with the exception of a couple of those throws where he kind of like dodged defenders and made incredible throws, a lot of it was just good pocket awareness, making the right decision, not getting stressed out, staying calm. So to me, a lot of that should be sustainable. So he might not he might not make these highlight real passes every week, and there might be some weeks when you know he turns the ball over. But I think generally he should be able to play somewhere close to that and so that's the closest thing to an overreaction, but I, I do think Teddy can still play at a high level. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I, I think that uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater played at an extremely high level. 
He's done that throughout camp, though. He's played at a high level. He's thrown accurate passes. His arm is more than sufficient. I know people are saying that he lobs passes. He, he doesn't throw with, with, with a lot of zip on them. Floaters look, is what they say. Yeah, they look like perfect balls to me. And, uh, you know, they, they were right on the money. Uh, now, can we expect him to come out and, and be as accurate every game? Probably not. But we shouldn't go into the tank when we have a little bit of a low. we got to remember that, hey, these are football players. Uh, they make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. But uh, as long as they have our support, I think they're going to go out and leave it on the line and, and uh, you know, give us you know, the best opportunities to win. So, Broncos country, stay with the team regardless of how we – I can say regardless of how we play. But, you know, as long as we go out there and, you know, show, show good effort and, and we play good, solid football, hey, stay there with us. I like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some mistakes that Teddy made, too. I mean, he missed Cortland deep down the field, had an easy throw. It looked like to Noah kind of on a wheel route. Obviously, Albert O fumbled the ball. And so there were mistakes that were made, and you still had a three-touchdown lead with a couple minutes left. So I think there's some room there for even if he doesn't play perfectly. Like you said, Steve, you can still score points, still going to be able to move the ball. This team finally, finally has margin for error. The last couple of years, it felt like if you had – like think back to, to last year in Kansas City, and granted, that's a different caliber of opponent, but you throw an interception at the beginning of the game and lose a possession, and it kind of – it hurts you later in the game. Whereas yesterday – it feels like a long time ago, but yesterday, they made mistakes. They made several mistakes. They, at times, they made just as many as the Giants, and they still were fine because they were just the better football team. The offense didn't let one series become two bad series, and uh, – so hopefully that stays true moving forward. I remember we had this coach, Coach uh, Richard Smith. He was our special teams coach. He still coaches. Uh, he was with the Chargers last. Uh, I'm not sure who he's with right now, but he used to say we were on special teams. You got to out athlete them. Out athlete. Yes, that's a, that's a word. That's a word. Uh-huh. <laughs> out athlete them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, that was some of that going on. Uh, in this past game, I think there will be some teams that will play where we just have the better athletes, and the game plan may not be the greatest game plan. The passes may not be perfect, but guess what? We got better athletes, and we're going to win. We're, we just we win by two possessions on the road, and Steve's <laughs> ripping the game plan. No, I didn't say anything. Not athlete. I didn't say anything about the game no, plan. No, I'm no. just saying it was a good game plan. Yeah. I think that Ben Swanson on, might be ready on, now for oh, questions. He, uh, I think he's still putting the final touches up. on here. But Swanson, come on up here. Just jump on up here. He's got a whole novel over there. Yeah, he's been out walking <laughs> around uh, Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse here, and now he's got about 17 questions, I think. Probably all for Steve here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow. Okay, Eric, right. uh, read yeah, the first Steve, one here. Steve, first one's from Billy. Do you think Dennis Smith will make the Hall of Fame? And I guess extending that, should Dennis Smith be in the Hall of Fame? I know, I know what you think there, but is that Billy? You Billy? Where's Billy? Billy. I don't know where Billy. Billy's on YouTube. Billy's on YouTube. Come on, Billy. Okay, Billy. Yes, yes, and yes. I I think he should be, and I think he should have been in, uh, having the opportunity to, you know, kind of grow up under his under his uh, teaching uh, and having the opportunity to play with him, I got a chance to see what it's like to, you know, have a, a bona fide baller, you know, in the room, teaching, talking to me, um, and doing it. You know, he, he didn't just talk about it. He showed me on the field, and uh, I, I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And most players who played against him, 
they feel the same way too. The offensive players, receivers, tight ends, running backs, linemen. You, they, you ask them, should Dennis Smith be in the Hall of Famer? Should be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. That tandem was you and him. It's kind of like the Broncos have had so much success with two guys back there. Kareem and Justin now, but the the list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really love Kareem and Justin. Those guys, they they played a great game as well. Kareem Jackson coming up, Justin Simmons coming up fast on the run, uh, you know, punishing guys, and it's a beautiful thing. The more they do that, hey, the more opportunities they're going to have to, you know, get interceptions and uh, make those game changing plays. Steve, a couple more for you before we get back to the team. Well, you're the Hoff, so we can, we can spend some time with you. The oh, I don't know if I know this. Uh, this is from Kim. Kim? What's up, Thank Kim? You. Uh, <laughs> she has a bunch of questions. One of them, why number 27? Well, uh, when I was in college, first my first year I had like number 13. That was just because nobody else had that number. And then I got a chance to pick a number, and I didn't really have anybody who wore 27 that I was wanted to – pattern my game after so I thought it was a cool number though so I picked it and uh, fortunately it was available when I got drafted to the Broncos and uh, so that's kind of story There's nothing big and fancy behind it it's just I thought it was a cool number and uh, it went with it so we'll work okay. on we'll work on a better answer for next time <laughs> it is what it is man it's the truth just, just <laughs> and then Kim also wants to know with today's defensive rules Steve how would you feel playing oh I, I feel great because I could probably play a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like I like the rules now, especially because it's a safer game. Uh, they're not allowing the helmet to helmet contact. Uh, back then, you know, I hate to say it, but I used to try to put my helmet right on Phil's chin, and you know, when I go in and try to tackle him, die. I'd like to, I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, let's put on the pads, Phil. Let's <laughs> no, Phil might hurt me now. Um, but yeah, so. the game is much more safe now, and. You know, I, I like that guys are able to play longer, and then once they finish their careers, they can have better post-careers because they don't have the uh, the mental stuff going on. Yep. Some of the guys are still crazy, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they still hit, yeah. Well, Kim, thank you for those questions. We'll, we'll do a couple more about the team. Swanson, Ben Swanson, his handwriting is not what it used to be. I think this is from Jake on, on YouTube. He wants to know what's going on with Bradley Chubb. It's a good question because I think – a lot of people are kind of wondering, when is he going to be back? Is this ankle as serious as the other one? It's, it's not the same one he had surgery on, but when is he going to play? It didn't sound like, from what Vic Fangio said the other day, that it was a guarantee he would play this weekend in Jacksonville. How important is it for him to get back on the field quickly here in a contract season? Yeah, well, from my understanding, it, it is an ankle injury. It's not something that requires surgery, but it does take time to heal. And anybody who's had a bad ankle knows that, if you're trying to rush off that ankle, you got to plan and do all those different things on it. It's tough to do, especially for a guy that's you know six three, two hundred and fifty five pounds. It's tough. So uh, I think he'll be back, uh, man. If not this week, next week probably at the latest. But who knows? We got we got to check with the trainers on that. I don't want to say anything crazy. <laughs> it, it, it is something interesting though, because you know uh, Chubb obviously has the ACL a couple years ago. Then this off season, he has the surgery on his foot. And then nobody wants to get hurt during training camp during you know during this time of the year, so to have him miss week one for something like this, it's a little bit concerning to me. And uh, especially, I know that he wants to 
go back out there and have another Pro Bowl season. He's feeling a little bit of pressure here to, you know, live up to some of these expectations. So many people constantly are comparing him to Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's having this, uh, uh, you know, heck of a career now. Last year really just took off, and then it looks like he's continuing now. So it's hard not to make that comparison, but I know that Chubb, he wants to say, hey, look, they took me for a reason. I mean, Bradley Chubb not playing this week probably had a better game than Josh Allen did playing this week. It was not good. Ooh. It wasn't that bad, Eric. It was pretty bad. But, uh, uh, <laughs> with, with Bradley, I think the thing is, is when he's healthy, he can be a top five edge guy in the league. He's that talented. He's that strong. Most definitely. You, you see him kind of beating Vaughn off the line even here in the preseason. And so it, it's less, you know, am I concerned? It's more you're just frustrated because you know how good he can be. This is not a situation where a guy doesn't pan out because he doesn't get it or he's just not talented no, enough or he can't make the transition. Bradley Chubb is a really good football player. It's just been injuries that have kept him out. And so that that's kind of the, the frustrating thing from my end is, you know, you know what it could be. Yeah. I think most of the people who are upset right now, they're upset because he's on their fantasy. Well, I guess they don't have just the, the individual defense. defense maybe player, the defense. Fantasy, but he would contribute to the sacks <laughs> and all that because I, I think in the earlier portion of the season, this is the best time for him to be injured if he's going to be injured because I think we'll need him down the stretch. Yeah, we're going to need him more down the stretch. Now, would I love to have seen him? Yes, I would love to have seen him. I think he would have had a sack or two as well. Uh, but I think uh, when he gets back, it's, it's going to be he'll be 100%, and I think that's going to be best for him long term for him to be there when we really need him down the stretch. Yeah, he's got to be close. He practiced last week in a limited fashion on Thursday, so he's got to be working it. I know that what they tried him out a little bit before the game wasn't able to go, right? I, I don't know. Did, if I you ever didn't even, see him out there? I don't there? think he ever even went out on the field. Hmm. So I, I don't think so he maybe was that, that didn't close. happen. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Straight from the source. Uh, okay, we got one from Jerry here. He says, how do you feel about a wait-and-see season with quarterback issues, competition in the AFC, especially the AFC West? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll, What do you way, think a wait-and-see means? Yeah, what do, so what do you so think the way means? I'll pose that is, is does this feel like a wait-and-see season, and is there anything – Teddy can do, or, or what would Teddy need to do to have you say he can be the guy moving forward? Because it doesn't seem like Teddy feels like he's a bridge guy. I think Teddy feels like he can he's a good enough quarterback that's just had some bad luck. And so what would you need to see from him to be okay moving forward with him? Yeah, well, um, certainly after one game, you can't say, all right, he's our long-term solution. But I love the way that it's trending. I love his uh, – his interactions and relationships with the coaches and the players, uh, that, that, that makes me believe that there's more to it. And if he continues to play the way that he's playing, or even if he drops off a little bit, but he still plays at a high level, he can be the quarterback for the next several years. And I know a lot of people who are Drew Locke fans may not want to hear that, but uh, the Denver Broncos are interested in winning football games. The coaches uh, Broncos country wants to win football games, and the only way you can do that is having a, a quarterback who is consistent week in, week out. And, you know, based on the quarterbacks on the roster right now, he is the most consistent quarterback. Uh, now, if the play falls off somewhere midseason, then you'll probably be looking to address it in the draft. But right now, I think everybody's behind Teddy Bridgewater and, uh, you know, hoping that 
he can be the the the, the answer to a lot of questions. I think it's the opposite of a wait and see season, just because uh, there's a Bradley Chubb's contract situations coming up here. Corlin Sutton, uh, we know that this is the last year for Von Miller. Uh, Kareem Jackson's playing just this year. Kyle Fuller just this year. So a lot of pieces are playing for this year. So it's time for this team to start winning. I think you feel that. You've heard that from the guys that they're sick of the, hey, we're young, we want to see how this goes. They want to win now, and it's time for this team to really put up right now. And if it doesn't happen, there's going to be a lot of changes coming this offseason. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think we've talked about people have said, oh, they picked they pick Teddy so that Vic could save his job. Well, Vic picked Teddy because Teddy's going to win football games, and the last time I checked, there's nothing wrong with winning a lot of football games. When did you games. check? I checked pretty recently, <laughs> okay. before I came over here, okay. to Breckenridge Brewery, Farmhouse, Farmhouse. in Littleton. Yeah. I checked, and I saw there was nothing wrong with winning football games. And the way Teddy's playing right now, they can win quite a few. You know, I just think that there's a way for him to prove that he can be the guy, but it has to be a 17-game sample because if there's one thing with Teddy, it's that last year – he started off pretty well, and it just kind of faded over the final half of the season. He's talked about how he suffered an injury, and that was part of it, but you want to see him stay healthy. You want to see him play like he did yesterday for the whole year because he can be the guy. He was a first-round pick. I mean, he yep. played well in Minnesota. He had that knee injury, and it kind of it threw him off track, but there's no doubt in my mind he could still be that guy. And Listen, if he's playing, it means he's the better player because guys in the locker room, I think, if Drew Locke were the better player and they chose Teddy, oh, guys no, in the no. locker Players room, can, go they him. won't stand for that. And they, yeah. they know, I think, that Teddy is the guy that's going to give him a chance to win, and, and he did yesterday. Well, we appreciate all the questions. That was it, right, Eric? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, well, thank you for all the questions on YouTube. Thanks for uh, all the questions uh, out here at Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse. I think that's going to wrap up our show here on this Monday night. Really happy to be here. We'll be here at 6 p.m. Mountain Time all throughout the season. So very much uh, looking forward to the rest of the year here. Hopefully we're celebrating Broncos wins, right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, we better be celebrating wins. <laughs> we also got brand new Neutral Zone stickers. So if you're interested in a sticker, come on up. And maybe we can also uh, mail some out to some fans. So you if look you're good, interested, man. I like them. Yeah. It does have uh, Eric and my face on it. Yeah. So. Sorry. Well, Steve, we'll draw you on there. Yeah, we'll get Steve on there. Steve, thanks put, for coming put out. Down, put a little, little man down there. Put a little 270 down A little there. gold jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was our first one. This was a big one out here. We're really happy that you're out here. Yeah, man. I had a great Thank time. You, you guys are awesome as always. I appreciate you. Well, Thank Phil, you very much. if people out here at Breckenridge Brewery are kind of wondering how do you stay in touch with the show, because we do another show on Thursdays yeah. during the regular season. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Tune in. Tune in, Stitcher, Stitcher all sorts yeah. of ways. Yeah, we're on YouTube. You can just smash that subscribe button. Yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, that's what you leave a comment. You can also leave a voicemail, 707 neutral, and also leave an email. That's right, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. We read those on Thursdays. Yep. We've got a lot of voicemails to get to later this yep. week. How can you not get in contact with you? No, there's no, no there's way. No you way. have to get in contact. Yeah, you have to. You have to get in contact. Yeah. So. All right, that's going to do it for us on this Monday. For Eric Dalala and the Hall of Famer, Steve Atwater. Thank you, sir. Appreciate what you. A, what an honor. I am Phil Milani, and you've been listening to The Neutral, the Neutral Zone. Zone.